Good morning. Stand with us as we worship.
Good morning. Today we bring a series that we've been in for the past couple weeks to close. And if you haven't been a part of this series, or maybe you have, let me go ahead and remind you what we're doing. We're reminding ourselves that we worship a big and mighty God who is on a mission to fix this world. And he uses us when we have the courage to be able to say to God, God, here I am, use me. So this is the reason for this series that we've been inviting different uh, leaders, nonprofit leaders, church leaders into this space so we can hear their story of what God is doing through them after they said yes to God. And so that's what the encouragement we hope through you guys, because we believe that whether you're in middle school or you have grandkids who are in middle school, God wants to do something great through you because every one of us is a difference maker. 
Every one of us has someone that we can influence and we can make a positive impact for the gospel uh, for when we say yes to God. And so this morning, we're going to be inviting uh, one last speaker to end this series. Uh, This is a lady from Haven House. You might be familiar with that organization in town. Uh, Amber is her name. She's going to be telling us all about what she's doing over there at Haven House. So can we give a round of applause for Amber now? Good morning, good morning. So, um, as Mason said, I am Amber Tinker, and uh, I'm the executive director at Haven House. And I just want to say that it's, it's, I'm so thankful to be speaking to you all today, and getting to worship was such a huge blessing for me this morning. Um, it was kind of placed on my heart to kind of get out into the community and, and tell people what it is that we do, because I think there are a lot of misconceptions um, about our, our core mission. And so naturally, when Mason called, I thought, okay, God, I didn't think I was ready for that, but not on my time. So, um, you know, it, like I said, it was placed on my heart to get out in the community because I, um, I recently had a conversation with someone who, she said, I'm really thankful for Haven House when I was in need of services. And my immediate, my immediate reply was, I wish I would have known about Haven House when I needed services. And that's when God kind of said, well, what are you going to do about it? So <clears throat> I'm just going to dive right in. There's, um, like I said, there's um, a lot of confusion about what we do, and so I'm hoping that I can give you guys some insight into the core of our work. Um, I'd say that many people think that we're a homeless shelter for women, and I have talked endlessly, it seems lately, about how Poverty Bluff is so, so in need of a homeless shelter for both men and women. Um, it's just not in our scope. So we're actually um, a shelter for victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. We and our grant sources define the word domestic as intimate partner relationships. Um, So now that you kind of have the the nutshell version of that, then I'm kind of here to offer you um, a unique perspective maybe on... uh, on what it is that we do in our organization. So I served on the board of directors at Haven House for three years, and a year and a half of those years, I was the board chair. So I knew I had a passion for Haven House. I knew that, you know, um, what it is, I, I thought I knew what it is that, that we did. I knew the purpose, I, and I knew the mission, and, um, you know, even the history, and so, that was from the outside looking in, and what I found out when I became an employee of Haven House is I really didn't know a whole lot at all, which naturally, unless you've utilized our resources, then that's the same vantage point anyone else would see it from. So um, I'm going to give you a tiny bit of history um, so you can kind of see how we started. So in 1985, in July of 1985, um, Haven House opened a 19-bed shelter in a dilapidated church building. So the vision of the founding five members was that women and children who were victimized by domestic violence, they have to have safety information and support to be able to escape abuse from their own homes. And 
just a side note, I'm really happy to say that all these years later, the board of directors has never strayed from that original vision. So to date, nearly 8,000 people in total have been sheltered at Haven House and more than 20,000 hotline calls have been answered. So to me, when I think of numbers like that, I think, wow, and that's, that's happening right here in our community, right here. Um, I'll be honest, some of the stories that have come through seem completely unreal. So like one woman who shared with us that she had been sold at the age of 14 to a middle-aged man who she was forced to marry and live in abuse for years and years before she could escape. And to me, like I said, that's unreal. That's not to say that we don't believe them, because of course we do. But I used to think that those were the stories that came from Law & Order SVU, and those were the stories that they were just on TV, or maybe it just happened in big cities, you know, when realistically we're seeing situations like that right here in our area. So the reality is that here in Butler County, we have so many domestic and sexual violence cases that it's hard for our law enforcement and our legal system to keep up. And honestly, at Haven House, it's hard for us to keep up some days. But um, just with the victims that we serve and, and because there are so many more that out there that never seek services or maybe they don't know about Haven House. So now we've established what domestic violence is, but what does it actually look like? So the first thing that comes to my mind is physical abuse. And that's absolutely true. And we're not just limited. I mean, it's not just limited to that. So by the way, we consistently hear, my partner didn't hit me, so it wasn't abuse. But that's just a huge misconception in our line of work. So what else would be considered abuse? Um, what about mental abuse or emotional or verbal or psychological or sexual stalking or financial? Um, all these are forms of abuse. And let me add this, that domestic violence does not discriminate. So it doesn't have boundaries. Um, it's not based on color or gender or socioeconomic status. So in a world where we tend to put a label on people and things and situations, domestic violence covers the entire spectrum. So how do we keep these, uh, I'm sorry, how do we help these victims in these situations and empower them to make the best decisions for themselves? So we're entering our 37 year in Haven House and in that span there's been a lot of changes. Um, we now have a 31-bed facility. So those are, that's for, uh, for someone when they need a safe place to go if they're, flying, if they're trying to flee a situation for themselves or for, and, and for their children. So we also have a hotline that is available 24-7 as well as a text line. So anyone at any time can reach us. Um, we also have four advocates on staff, and um, in order for this to be effective, I feel like that I need to tell you what it is that they do on the daily. This is um, part of it. It's definitely not limited to what I'm about to tell you. So, for instance, we have a victim advocate who she will meet with a client within the first couple of days that they come into shelter. You know, when you go from one situation to a community living situation, it can be a shock. You may need a minute to um, 
um, to settle in. So our advocate meets with them and they identify what their needs are and she assists them in making a goal plan. So goal planning can range from obtaining documents, driver's license, social security cards, birth certificates. Goal planning is also connecting them with resources. And so helping them apply for benefits, assessing their medical needs, their mental needs, um, and um, connecting them with their correct provider. And then that's just for them. And then we have to think about their kids. So then we have to identify their needs and maybe that means clothing or maybe that needs, means school supplies or counseling or childcare or maybe it's just healthy groups within our community where there's some positive role models. So goal planning could be any one of those things. It could also be assisting them in filing legal documents or orders of protection. Um, you know, working with our prosecuting attorney. So we helped connect them to the right person. Um, then there's our outreach advocate. She provides all of these resources um, similarly, but to those who are not seeking shelter. So maybe they have a safe place to live, um, but they need to be able to function in support groups or safety planning, or maybe they're looking for housing in other places, and, and we help them with that. Um, once people move out of shelter, um, they're starting over. So we have an outreach house next door that they can go to and they can shop for those items that they need. They've been donated to us. We redonate them to, to people leaving our shelter and whatever they need for their house or their apartment. You know, something that I want to mention is that because we just wrapped up with Christmas, it seems like it was just yesterday, but um, our outreach advocate organizes Christmas at Haven House. And so what, what that means is she works really, really hard to make sure that every person, both in shelter and those that we serve uh, for outreach services in our community, get adopted for Christmas. This year, it was a total of 37 adults and 55 kids. And... Um, they were adopted through you all, through members of our community. So, um, and that's just 37 parents that didn't have to worry about where their kids' Christmas was gonna come from. So I really just thank you for that if you took any kind of part of that. Um, we just organized it and you guys ended up doing the work. So side note, the vast majority of these parents, the only thing that they put on their Christmas list is for their kids to be taken care of, but we do make sure that they have gifts as well. Um, next is our civil court advocate. Her office is located in the courthouse and she does direct crisis intervention and tracks court cases. She assists um, victims with filing those orders of protection and she goes to court with them. Um, we also have a criminal court advocate. Her office is located in our local prosecuting attorney's office. Um, she tracks all the domestic and sexual assault criminal cases in Butler County. Um, she preps the victims for court. She gives them updates and uh, when she receives them. She refers them to emergency counseling and answers questions regarding the legal system. All of our advocates work really, really closely, not only with each other, but with our local law enforcement, with other nonprofits, and there's just so many resources. Um, including one that you all might be familiar with, Sleep in Heavenly Peace. 
So I was actually under the misconception that this was only a benefit for foster kids when really um, one of my favorite success stories to date is this woman that came in to shelter and she brought her three little girls with her. She didn't have anything. She didn't have any extra clothes. She was terrified because she had been living in an absolute whirlwind of abuse. And they were leaving a situation and when they came into our shelter, one of the little girls woke up the next morning and said, mommy, um, let's stay here. I really like this hotel. And there were just so many levels of trauma for her and her kids and we were able to help them with the everyday essentials. Um, shelter and counseling and um, affordable childcare so that she could go to work and helping her file her order of protection for her and her kids. And once she left Haven House after some time, she was able to get her own place and we were able to give her furniture and clothes for her kids and her and household necessities that she just didn't have. So something that we didn't have available, something that we were trying to get our hands on, but we just didn't have it, was, um, was beds for her kids. And so one of our, out, one of our advocates contacted Dave and kind of gave him the, the rundown of the situation. And, um, you know, his answer was, no problem. So... I just really wish that you all could have seen the looks on these little girls' faces a couple of days later when they had their own beds and their pink bedding, and they were just excited, and it was so amazing to witness. A lot of people pick a word for every year. Maybe it's sort of like a New Year's resolution or a I'm going to start fresh or something to just really focus on for that year. It's never really been my thing, honestly, until this one word kept ticking at me. So I think we can all agree 2020 was terrible. And personally, it was the worst year of my life. And I know that it was the same effect for so many others. 2021, although it was a little better, it still had its issues, right? And so when 2022 rolled around, I kept thinking, okay, this has got to be a year of renewal or restoration. And although I still believe that, neither one of those words were the, were the word that, that was put on my heart. So I really believe that God gave me the word intentional this year. And I've been incorporating this word in every aspect of my life, every chance that I get. So I want to be intentional about my walk with God. I want to be intentional about the way I parent with my marriage and certainly about um, the work that we do at Haven House. So how can you as a church be intentional where Haven House is concerned? And Haven House isn't everyone's cup of tea, and that is totally okay because God's going to lead you where you're supposed to, where you're supposed to go. Um, but my biggest ask is for you all to just fervently pray for the victims, their children, and also pray for the staff. I mean, we 
strive every day to just do better, but, you know, to be able to continue helping and serving and empowering these people. Um, then there's the material aspect. Of course, we um, take any kind of donations, but anything that you use in your daily life, toothpaste, you know, I mean, any little thing, that's what we need for our clients, towels, bedding. So we post a, um, an immediate needs list on Facebook every week, and that's just what we're running low on in the shelter. If anybody's interested in that, volunteers are something that is always needed. So we recently made a post that said, whatever it is that you enjoy to do, Haven House has a place for you. And so, as cheesy as it is, we, we really loved it. And um, we love when groups come in, small groups, youth groups, doesn't matter, any kind of groups. We've really struggled since the beginning of 2020 to get people kind of back in, in, that, uh, in that mentality to come in and, and just volunteer their time and, and that. So if anybody feels led that wants to be involved in any way, you guys can get a hold of me or my outreach advocate, and we can definitely put you guys to work. So in closing, Genesis 8.11 says, And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew water had subsided from the earth. And Haven House isn't a faith-based organization. I just happen to work with a lot of women who have a really big faith. And so, but I always thought that it was different because our logo is literally the dove with the olive leaf. And I don't believe in coincidences. I think, in fact, that they chose that um, that symbol as a message of hope. And so storms will come in each of our lives. Um, and when they do, we'll be able to be there to provide shelter and support and resources and hope for those victims. Thank you all. Thank you. There's this moment in the Old Testament where the people of God, they failed. And they get invaded by Babylon and they lose everything. And, and just like what Amber said, that happens to, to the people of God. And then God gives this message in the book of Isaiah, trying to encourage them. It's in Isaiah 57, verse 15. It says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, he says this, I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Throughout this series, we've been inviting different leaders in our community. We've invited those who are feeding kids. We invited those who are in prison ministries. We've invited those who work with the homeless in our community. And my hope in this series is that your eyes have been opened, that those around you are broken, that there are real hurting people out there and that there is a God who cares for them and wants to use you in some capacity to help those around you when you say yes to him. So that's why I'm hoping in this series that you've been reminded of that, of that this big God wants to do something through you to help those who are broken around you. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you so much that you are big, that you dwell in holy places, and yet at the same time you want to 
to be with those who are brokenhearted. You want to be with those who are hurting. Father, open our eyes to see that all around us are those who are hurting. Those who are asking the same questions as, as us, and yet they are going through things, they're going through battles that they might not speak of. And let us, Father, be the salt and light. You call the church for a purpose to, to represent you, to proclaim your glory, to make a difference in the world by proclaiming you. And right now, Father, we see a world that is truly broken. It's all over the news. It's all over our, our social media. It's all around us that this world around us is hurting. What time we have now that we've been given to be salt and light. Father, would you please guide us in this? Would you open our eyes and give us hands and feet to serve the broken around us now more than ever? It's in your name I pray. Amen.
just take away this morning this song, Your Will, Your Way, do whatever you want to. I just pray that you will take that away this morning, that you'll let God move in your hearts this week and let him have his way with you. Thank you so much, Amber, for coming to speak for us today and share your heart. You guys are dismissed.